0: Thank you so much for listening to the Christ Church Collective Podcast. This is your host, Jared Sparks and
1: Andy Claude.
0: Well, we are back here with another edition of the Christ Church Collective Podcast. It's me and Andy again. Hey, Andy. Hey. Well, just came back from Margaret Samuel's funeral today, and Andy and I had been thinking about what we could do to kind of honor her, and we just thought... Well, I was just texting with you earlier, and you told me about, you reminded me of Spurgeon's cook, Mary, what was her name, actually, I had King. an article right here, Mary King, that's right, so I looked that up, but we thought we would do a podcast in honor of godly older women, in praise of godly older women, and then talk a little bit about Margaret Samuel, and if you're not a part of our church, you may know Margaret if you're in southern, you know, from southern Illinois, but we knew Margaret and Bobby, well, I did from two churches ago at Community of Faith, but then... We all kind of got to know them a little bit better at Christian Covenant a few years back, and then uh, we'll tell a little bit more about Margaret here in a second about her involvement in these the women's Bible study that that's happened with our with our with the ladies of our church. But there's just so many things we could celebrate about Margaret. And we just thought we'd talk about godly older women and then talk about her a little bit. So um, what do you say, man? You want to pray? Yes, yeah, absolutely. Go for it,
1: Lord. Thank you for the opportunity we have to and to talk about um, just your. The way that you influence women, especially older women, and that the way that you use them in your kingdom and in your work. God, I pray that you would raise up in our church and in, in your church at, at large just godly older women who can help disciple and pour into others and, and be able to um, just to see the fruit of that. And so Lord, I, I pray that during this time as we as we talk about that and as we talk about Margaret, that you would bless this conversation. In Jesus' name.
0: Amen. So, why don't we talk about a couple things on the front end, and I think that will lead us into talking about Margaret. When we think about, and we just preached a sermon this last week, the role of women in the home, and I mentioned in that sermon Timothy's mother Eunice and his grandmother Lois, or is it the other way around? His grandmother Lois, yeah, and his mother Eunice, and how they were both godly women, loved Jesus, and they taught Timothy, which I think is cool that Timothy's grandma and mother got on the pages of the scriptures. And they took their faith seriously, and they also poured into Timothy. And then the fruit of God's work through them is now seen in the pages of the New Testament that we all get to read about. But um, as we were talking about this, Spurgeon is one of the famous women in in the history of the church. You know, you have St. Augustine's mother. You have, um, what other famous mothers are there? I just read an article about famous mothers. Well, they're out there. If you do a Google search, <laughs> I probably should have had that when we went to record this. But the cook of Charles Spurgeon had some really incredible things. If somebody was to ask Spurgeon back in the day, where, where did you learn theology? He would have said from his cook, from his cook at a school that he went to. And he went to a school for boys in 1849. He enrolled in a New Market Academy in Cambridge. And he would go and... He recounted talking to this cook, and here's what he said about her. She was a good old soul, and like something very sweet indeed, good, strong, Calvinistic doctrine. Many a time we have gone over the covenant of grace together and talked of the personal election of the saints and their union to Christ, their final preservation, and what vital godliness meant. And I do believe I learned more from her than I should have learned from six doctors of divinity of the sort we have nowadays. That was... That was my Spur- What do you think? That was my Spurgeon voice. Yeah, no. pretty good. Pretty good. <laughs>
1: you need to throw maybe a little bit more English in there, but... Uh,
0: look, you got the Victorian voice. No, I, no, like, I, don't, I don't think so. Like, you, you got the... Uh, I feel like you have the Victorian voice anyways. <laughs> but, uh, we, we need to work on our Victorian voices. The, uh, the, this lady, Mary King, was a cook at this school and took a vested interest in Charles Spurgeon and would talk to him about the Bible and about theology. And he learned so much from her, he would go on later in his life and he would tell story after story about learning theology from a cook. And then, in this interesting article article in the Gospel Coalition, I found out that years later, Spurgeon discovered that, that Mary King was down financially and she needed help. And Spurgeon actually sent regular checks to support her from a distance. And it, because of the role she played in his life, a cook taught me theology, he said. And he loved her so much and appreciated her so much that he took care of her when she was a little bit older. You know, the, the history of the church has these women, and we have these women in our lives. My grandmother just passed away. And my grandmother was a godly woman. Her legacy of faith started when she was like four or five years old. She started walking to church, and then she became a Christian. Uh, she didn't really, can't really pinpoint, but she thinks around 22, she became a Christian. And then. All of her family, with the exception of just a few, are now believers, like grandkids, her children, grandchildren. And I've been impacted by a woman of faith. Uh, Her name's not Mary King, but her name was Bonnie Inman. And then today, we're at the wake of Margaret Samuel. And Jordan and I got the call just three or four days ago now that Margaret had passed away. And it was so sudden. We were so shocked. And, you know, there was tears and there was rejoicing. And we talked to Bobby, and Bobby said day of, he was rejoicing and he's weeping, and we're trying to honor him in that, both rejoicing and weeping, but we've been thinking a lot about Margaret, and there was just a time of sharing at the church where the wake was, where the funeral was, and Andy and I just started thinking, well, you know, we should just tell some stories about Margaret Samuel, so you got some?
1: Yeah, um, one of the, the things that um, first struck me about Bobby and Margaret was when I started when I first moved up from North Carolina to Illinois and started leading worship in their church, uh, one of the, our first conversations was about the songs that we would sing, and they they expressed excitement about the fact that we were that we were singing, you know, hymns that we were, we were singing songs that had serious content to them. But they were they were thrilled that that we were um, beginning to make some ground in that. And so it was really nice to be able to have those types of conversations. And um, several times, Margaret and, and my wife would, would, would talk together about uh, that specifically, about church music and um, and being able to share hymns together. And that was one of the that was one of the things that I remember about them uh, to begin with. And then just uh, in growing in you know in friendship with them, especially her and my wife, just seeing the the impact that you know that she had. Is just really powerful. So, what was the impact that she had
0: on Kathy? It so, was, what was, um, was
1: that? They they had a real friendship. You know, they they met on a weekly basis for you know. It's, Which is
0: interesting, because because you know Kathy's thirty, right? Mm-hmm. Margaret is sixty. She was probably sixty five. Yeah. Um. Or so. So not not a likely pair, um, but
1: the there was a there was a, a definitely a um, a bond that they had. Partially in their wit, they they had very similar, uh, very similar humors, and so they um, they love to tell you know each other jokes and to just to share you know observations about their lives. But another way to uh, Margaret really loved our kids, and she was like a surrogate grandmother um, here in Illinois for us. And so um, Tuesdays will be a little empty um, around the house. Without her coming over to tea, but um,
0: so she was coming over every week. Yeah,
1: pretty much on a weekly basis, and they they would get to you know talk talk about the Bible and talk about their lives and you know uh, be able to counsel each other and just mm-hmm. be able to bear one another's burdens. And I think really it was just a, a friendship, you know, yeah. that they have. So, um,
0: well, and it's cool because Margaret was not a part of our church. Yeah, she just this friendship remained over the last few years. And she just invested in people. Just You talk about wit and fun. It, this, I just feel like I have to tell this because it's so awkward, but it's just so much Margaret. And I know the Ladies Bible, t- Bible Study talked about this. But Margaret came up to me one time. And it was years ago. And she came up to me and she said, Jared, I just want you to know you have such sexy lips. I'm like, oh, my God. Gosh, what in the world? And I found this out. She actually mentioned that. To, I don't know if you heard this from Kathy, but she mentioned it to the ladies' Bible study, how embarrassed she was that she said that and that she couldn't believe that she said that. It was just so awkward, but Margaret was just Margaret, you know? And, and so you mentioned the wit and I immediately thought about yeah. the flattering comment that she gave me about my lips one time. Yeah. But I still don't know how to take that, but <laughs> I'm glad that she got a laugh out of it. Yeah. I definitely did. Yeah, she 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 definitely
1: had a, a great sense of humor and a, a kind of a dry kind of a dry humor yeah but um, yeah we we definitely loved I know Kathy especially loved having her over and um, she was a great supporter um, to like, even during our transition in, in planting a church like you said of this, this last few years um, she continued to maintain fellowship and yeah. just just out of her uh, out of her own time just just chose to maintain those those friendships and and I know especially with the ladies' Bible. she says, pursued it. yeah like she didn't yeah.
0: just wait to be pursued. she pursued that
1: yeah, absolutely and it, it seemed like she had a desire to connect with with other women.
0: yeah that was I, I love that about her And I love Margaret and Bobby both they they are they understand the Bible. they are theologically inclined. they are strong Wesleyan Armenians. I and mean, they'll tell you that you know I, they they will come out and just tell you where they are on on certain things about what the bible teaches but what i really appreciate about that is even though we see some things differently on that she was so respectful of people who She was thoroughly respectful of people who disagreed on on certain things because she had a strong grasp of just biblical orthodoxy. She knew what was okay to disagree on, and she knew what was a really big deal. I remember her talking to me one time about, you know, there was a church in the area that didn't didn't affirm the Trinity, and she was just blown away. She was thinking how people didn't know, and it was just very concerning to her. And you know, I and many others believe in the doctrines of grace, and she was not offended by that. She knew what was open handed and she knew what was closed handed, and she knew that believers can agree to disagree on certain things. But the fact that I'm, you know, bent in a particular way, believing the Bible teaches certain things, Margaret understands some of those things and doesn't judge you. She's not, she gets that. And I just so respect that about her. I respect where she comes from and where Bobby comes from and have learned from them. And I just so respect their. Um, ability to love people that see things differently than them, and I, I think that came out in the women's Bible study a lot. Yeah,
1: I mean that just exudes maturity that you can yeah. be able to um, put your arm around a, a brother and sister that that differs with you on on some of those areas that they're not they're not closed handed issues for sure. Yeah, but they 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 do cause church splits, and they and they do you know cause sprouting of entire denominations. But mm-hmm. they were, um, but they were they're just kind in the yeah. way that they that they approached fellowship with mm-hmm. brothers and sisters and uh, I won't forget that about them.
0: No. And I think it's so it's so easy it, even as a younger now as a younger man so I'm trying to think through what it would <laughs> it sounds weird thinking if I was an older woman what would it be like but no I'm a, so as a younger man when it comes to discipleship, hey, no, come on in. Yeah. Okay, good. Jordan's here and she's going to be able to throw a couple cents into this as well. But one of the things I really just so appreciated about this is that uh, th- boy, this podcast is really raw, and it's just like you're in the room with us. So Jordan just went for a walk, and now she's back and gonna say a few things. But Hello. here, just sit with me. It's easy to want to be pursued by people who want to disciple you. So it, it's kind of like if, if you're if you're kind of church week in and week out, and, and now that I'm you know I'm 35, it, it would be easy to be flattered by. You know, a 25-year-old man who's just like, "Hey, hey, I want to be discipled by you, man," and just come up and just really want to get together and, hey, Jared, I really want to want you to teach me and blah blah blah. I'm like, oh, that's great. It, everybody wants to be pursued to be a discipler, but one thing that's unique and I saw in Margaret is that she actually pursued pouring into other people. She wasn't always waiting for people to come to her. She was proactive. She didn't have to be involved in a Bible study. And that, you know, we keep talking, we mentioned this a little bit, but she was in her sixties and all these ladies in the Bible study, most of them are in their twenties and thirties. How many women, honestly, like for real, how many women are there like that who will consistently week in and week out go and invest in younger women? There's just not a lot of older women like that. I mean, But anyways, you got thoughts? I
2: think she really enjoyed being there. Um, It was genuine that she really cared about us and just enjoyed our conversations. But she also mentioned that this was intentional, that it wasn't wasn't only that she enjoyed our company and enjoyed the Bible study, but that she wanted to be pouring into younger women and and made the comment on multiple occasions that this was her greatest area of ministry for the season of her life
0: okay, see that, because everybody wants huge ministry, and you think everybody thinks huge ministry is like numbers and influence and, and all this kind of stuff, and here's a woman who actually saw, okay, this area of Bibles, this women, this group of women, 10 to 15 women or 13 women or whatever it was that come on Wednesday mornings, so she saw this is the biggest area of my life in ministry right now is coming to invest in these girls. Now, how cool is that, for real? Talk about right perspective, and we just talked about this in Titus 2, Older women training younger yeah. women to love. And she was honest. Like she, yeah. Margaret would never act like she's got it all together.
2: Mm-hmm. That's what I was just going to talk about. She um, really wanted to, with honesty, teach us to love our husband and children well. Hmm. She was not afraid to share stuff about their marriage that had been struggles. And she wasn't afraid to tell raw stories about even ministry struggles. There's a lot of pastors' wives in our group. And she was frequently telling stories um, just about difficulties and victories in ministry and just was completely willing to share whatever, whatever area of her life with honesty for the sake of spiritual growth mm-hmm. in others.
0: How about, and Jordan told me this, and I think it's just so powerful, but how about praying for kids? Because there's a lot of moms that mm-hmm. may listen to this who have kids that are, are wayward or, or maybe really respectable people, but... Could use some growth in their understanding of who God is, and um, she prayed for her son Mm -hmm. every week.
2: Mm -hmm. She's always praying for her son that he would become a Christian, and um, even said at one point that you know, God can use any difficult circumstance that her son was going through to bring him to himself. And I haven't, through her early death, it has made me think that I am hopeful that God perhaps would use this to bring her son yeah. to himself, you know, um, that that would just be an amazing testimony of her prayer and, and her life.
0: She was just so unique. She was so unique. And we want more and more women like her. I mean, just remarkable woman.
2: She was encouraging me to me also that there's always someone younger than you to mm-hmm. be pouring into. that. Because um, sometimes I'm 31 now, and sometimes I've felt like the younger one frequently but that there's always somebody that's younger than you or at an earlier stage in whatever they're going through that you could be pouring into and discipling
1: and it's not hard mm-hmm. you know i mean uh just just being willing to go over and and be in somebody's home and mm-hmm. to spend time with them and in, in the mess of their life mm-hmm. you know
0: you missed i think you know this but he said that margaret comes over every tuesday yeah. you probably know that mm-hmm. so
1: just just the that that simple act of just being in someone's home yeah, and just inviting you know, yourself over mm-hmm. and the, in the mess of kids running around and everything and just being willing to be open to mm-hmm. that. Yeah. It's
0: just crazy that she's gone. Cause we, there's a Psalm that says precious to the Lord is the death of his saints. I just read it again the other day, but for us, Oh, there's valor. valor.
2: Jordan signing out.
0: Yep. <laughs> okay. See you, baby. It's what's precious to the Lord is so often Hard for us, and it's it's bizarre that she's gone. I mean, it really is. I know that she's with the Lord, and we get to see her again and be with her. And uh, but it's just cherish the people that are in your life, love them. And it's just a reminder that you know we're not promised tomorrow, really. I mean, we're just really not promised tomorrow. And um, I don't know. You got anything else? In praise of older women, a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised, and. Margaret Samuel was one of those women. Thanks so much for listening. Tune in next week for another Christ Church Collective podcast.